Hey guys, and welcome back to another series of the boring shit you need to know in business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'm excited because this series, there's going to be more topics, more conversation, and some amazing business owners to share this time with. So let's jump in. Welcome back to this week's episode. Who here remembers a time when GST didn't exist in Australia? Who remembers the hype about it being implemented in our country? I certainly remember the panic and there being this crazy rejection around its implementation. And I look around now and I think, who lives with that crazy every day? No one. The hype's gone. The crazy's gone. Why? Because it was an unnecessary fear. And this is how I feel about GST. And it's always plagued me as to why it's such a scary beast for small business owners to understand, to embrace. So I wanted to spend some time today talking a little bit about it and hopefully, I guess, just breaking down that that fear by simplifying it. Let's start with the fact that formally, GST is known as a consumer tax. What does this mean? This means that the consumer is the one that is responsible for paying the GST. Literally, the last person to consume any product or service in the chain of events is the person who pays the GST. If I go to JB Hi-Fi and I buy an iPad, I'm the one as the consumer that pays the GST. Nobody's giving me any money back for that. Nobody's refunding me. I pay the GST. But if JB Hi-Fi source the iPads in from Apple and they pay GST on that, they're not the final person who has to pay the ATO. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. To ensure that this is the case, the ATO has set up these relevant adjustments. So let's let's break it down. First up, as we know, or not know, I'm not sure, the current rate of GST in Australia is at 10%. And how lucky are we that that current rate of 10% was the introductory rate over 20 years ago? Yeah, can you believe it? GST came into this country the 1st of July 2000. Like it was, it blows my mind even thinking about it. I was part of, this is going to show my age now, I was part of some of the teams that were implementing it even at Crown Casino when I was there to be part of uh, implementing GST there. So it's been around for a little while and we've been very fortunate for that rate to not have changed. Don't get complacent. I'm not saying it's not going to change, but it for now, for 20 odd years, we're we're doing all right at 10%. So we know the rate of GST and that's that rate is 10% on all goods and services that are relevant for being registered for GST. So who, who needs to register for GST? Let me break it down for you very simply. And again, there's a lot of detail around GST 
that may or may not apply to your business. And if you are in a specialized business, I would recommend you exploring it further or getting the assistance of your accountant to ensure that you've satisfied what you need to satisfy. So today I'm just talking generically about some of the basic obvious components about GST and probably applies to the majority of us as small business owners. So who needs to register for GST? First, if and when your turnover in any given financial year equals or is likely to exceed $75,000, you need to be registered for GST. So if you're heading to make $75,000 for the year, be sure to start the ball rolling on becoming registered for GST. Now, remember, when I talk about turnover, I'm talking about those common terms and it's it's the same term as sales income, the money you make, it's not profit. We're talking about that top line revenue figure. If it's at 75,000 or more, you need to be registered for GST. If, however, you are a not-for-profit organization, you'll need to register for GST when your turnover or sales income, the money you make, exceeds $150,000. And then Another area that I wanted to just briefly talk about because it's so prevalent now is if you're in the business of taxi travel or, or making money in exchange for any fares, regardless of the volume of turnover, sales, income or money that you make, you must be registered for GST. In this industry, that is compulsory and not an option. If you ever needed another excuse to know your numbers on a regular basis, this would be it. It's not hard. GST is really not hard and understanding whether or not you need to be registered is not difficult. But it is necessary for you to know this about your business. If you don't register for GST and you are required to, you may have to pay the GST on any sales or turnover that you have made since the date that your turnover clicked over to 75,000 and you were required to register. This could happen even if you didn't include GST in the price for those sales. And what does that mean? They may go back two years, potentially, if you've completely not watching your numbers and ask you to repay the GST on each of it. What does that mean for you? You are going to eat into your margins on those years and those sales, but also cash. Cash is going to be huge if you have to pay that sort of thing out. And on top of all of that, if you don't pay attention and you haven't registered for GST, you may actually even have to pay penalties and interest on those figures as well. So it is necessary to know this about your business. And like I said, if you ever need another excuse to know your numbers on a regular basis, now's the time. If you're heading towards that number, or even if you're not heading towards that number, start to check just in case you are. So when you are registered for GST, and this is where I find some of the theories a little bit, when you register for GST, what is your requirements? What do you have to do? Like, why is this this big beast and everybody's so afraid of it? But I'm going to break it down. And again, this is from a very high level, but does cover a lot of a lot of your generic business types in, as far as small businesses go. So if you are required to be registered for GST, you first of all, simply must charge 10% extra, or if you want to absorb that into your current price, 
whichever way you want to go. But 10% of everything you sell on your goods or services must be allocated as GST. So you can either say you're going to sell an item for $10 plus GST and therefore the total value to the consumer would be $11, which is that 10%. Or you can sell it to your consumer at $10 still, but know that in that $10, you have to remit 10% of that. And 10% of $10 is 90 cents, okay? It's not a dollar. 10% of $10, which is inclusive of GST, is 90 cents. But 10% to charge on top of is a dollar. Trust me, I've done the math. (laughs) Okay, so that's the first thing you have to satisfy is that you must charge 10%. Like I said, you can either absorb it into the price that you're currently charging already or you can add it on top of. It's totally up to you. Another requirement when you are registered for GST is you also must provide a tax invoice every single time. And there are some rules around this that you must definitely make yourself very familiar with. But also know that a lot of the online financial systems have this already built in for your benefit if you are using a an online system, uh, and this will ensure that you're compliant. But please, you must always confirm that it's compliant, your system that you're using, because the onus will still fall on you. You can't just blame the system that you have, because as a business owner, these are the little things we need to know about our business. So some of the features of a tax invoice, and again, these are just some of the features. You can go onto the ATO website and they will list any others that are relevant, but here's some of the relevant ones that you must have on an, a tax invoice is that it must literally have the words tax invoice. Sounds silly, I know. But I remember a time even way back when GST was being implemented in Australia, that even those, you know, those duplicate books that you buy from the news agents, where they just had invoice on them, they all had to be changed to tax invoice. And I remember there being a period of time where we could phase that out and you had to physically write the word tax in front of invoice. But prior to that point, they didn't have the word tax. And so all of a sudden, all this stationery and even some of the uh, invoicing systems had to change that to have that word tax invoice on them. So it's very, very important that it includes it. And again, those online systems are likely to have that for you. Your tax invoice must include your ABN or what's known as our Australian business number. And it should also include your details as a business, the invoice date, a description of the goods or services that are being provided or paid for and must stipulate whether this includes GST or not. Now, this can be, the GST can be itemized at an individual level, or you can take, you can say that it's inclusive of GST at the total invoice amount. Either way, you must indicate where the GST has now been identified. And finally, uh, and again, not finally, but as far as the generic obligations go is you must complete what's known as a BAS or an, a business activity statement. Now you can do this either online or as a paper return. Paper returns are less common now, but they are still an option and it must be on a regular basis. How regular it's going to be will be determined by your turnover value. So for example, you will need to remit your BAS on a monthly basis if your GST turnover is $20 million or more. If it's $20 million or less, 
it's likely to be on a quarterly basis, which probably captures the majority of us small business owners. And if you are voluntarily registering for GST for whatever reason, generally this can be done annually. But again, they're the generic triggers for when you would have to remit your BAS. So quarterly is not too bad. You know, four times a year you remit a statement with some figures on it. So let's talk a little bit about that. So in terms of the BAS itself, in general, the ATO is concerned with a few key numbers when it comes to GST for your business. And I found over the years, and certainly having been doing it for 20 years now, and that's seriously blowing my mind. I'm kind of stuck on that point. But having been doing BAS for over 20 years now for either my own business or any other businesses, the ATO is generally concerned with a few numbers in your business. And and like I said, it's even less now than what it was in the beginning. But you know, these online systems seem to capture it very well for us. The first of which is the total turnover number or sales figure for the BAS period. Now remember, when you're remitting your BAS, you're remitting it for a period of time. And based on that turnover figure, it's likely to be either monthly, quarterly, or annually. So if you're remitting monthly, you have to take the whole month's worth of turnover or sales. If you're remitting it quarterly, you have to look at all the quarter, the whole quarter that it's relevant. Annually, obviously, the whole financial year is what we're talking about as well in each of these scenarios. So quarterly, our quarters basically go from July to September is our first quarter. And then October to December is our second quarter. January through to March is our third. And April through to June is our fourth quarter here in Australia. And basically, you know, it's it's concerned with that turnover figure. So that's one of the figures that has to be or you will find that you need to gather. And again, having an online system or even having a really robust system that you use in your business to be able to capture that information will make it very easy for you to remit that money or that value. It's also concerned with the GST amount you have collected on these sales for obvious reasons because that's their money and we'll come back to that. And the GST amount that you have paid as a business for purchases of goods or services that you've actually paid in delivering your products or services to your customers. Now, let me take a moment to chat about this last part. As I mentioned earlier, GST is a consumer tax to be paid by the consumer. Therefore, in order for this to be the case, the ATO provide businesses with what's known as an input tax credit on any GST that they've paid in the process of running their business if they're GST registered. So simply, if you purchase stock to on-sell to your customer and you pay GST on that for that stock or for any of the freight or anything in getting you know, packaging for that stock to be sold, give you a credit against any GST that you have collected on your invoices to your customer, the GST or that 10% that you have charged for your customer. And when it comes time to remit your figures to the ATO, The calculation is really simple. This is how you can determine what needs to be paid to the ATO based on all of that information. So you basically grab the amount of GST you charged for your goods and services. So that extra 10% that you put and you charged your customers, you take that 10% and any of the GST that you 
paid in getting your goods and services ready as the input tax credit and minus your input tax credit from what you collected from your customers. The difference is you either have to pay the ATO or the ATO refunds you. Yes, you heard me correctly. The ATO may need to refund you. Let me tell you what that's all about. If the amount of GST that you collected from your customers is greater than the GST you paid in your business for getting your goods and services ready for sale, that's when you make the payment to the ATO. However, if the GST you collected from your customers, that 10% extra you're applying, if that is less than what you paid in all of your purchases as a business owner, the ATO will deposit a refund back into your account. Yep, you heard me right again. They will refund you. And that's as simple and as difficult as remitting a BAS on a generic level to the ATO is. In the event that you have more complex GST allocations, like some of your products don't attract GST. And believe me, there's a list that some don't, but that list is a lot smaller than the list that does attract GST. (laughs) I've looked at it. So be sure to familiarize yourself with this on the ATO website. But having an online financial system to assist in handling this and spitting out a report each month or quarter will certainly take these difficulties away. And as you know, I've talked loads about getting the foundations of your financials right in your business. And so a financial system can eliminate any errors that you might have in going forward. So in the case of an online financial system, you can set up all of your accounts and assign the GST allocation to it in the beginning. So you actually don't have to think about which ones attract GST and which ones don't because you'll know that from when you've set it up. But outside of that, that's seriously how easy it is. You can manage your GST in-house with the guidance of your accountant and it's nothing to be scared of. And like anything, if you do it a couple of times, you'll get the hang of it. Once businesses have a grasp on what GST is, The biggest problem I see in this area of small business is actually barely the reporting requirements. That's the easy part, but more so the extra cash that is coming into their business and being able to meet the cash obligation to the ATO as and when it falls due. Those two things I think are the biggest problem. And you're probably thinking, why is extra cash in my business a big problem? Let me tell you. You see, the key thing to managing GST in your business is to understand without a doubt that this extra 10% of cash, and yes, sometimes that can be a lot of money, that you are collecting isn't your money. Let me say that again. The cash you are collecting, that extra 10% that you're charging your customers, that cash isn't your money. You are simply collecting it on behalf of the ATO. And if you understand that it's not your money and you're collecting it on behalf of the ATO, you should, without a doubt, put procedures in place to ensure that you always have that cash available to satisfy your obligation or debt when it's due to be paid to the ATO. But here's the mind-blowing part. If you're going to pay attention to anything, pay attention to this. The cash that you need to pay the ATO 
should already be in your business. Why? Because your customers have paid it. You have collected it. It's in your bank account. So why is it so difficult to pay the ATO debt for GST when you have to? I can tell you right now, having dealt with this for 20 years, it's obvious. Unfortunately, business owners are spending it. And it blows my mind because it's not your money to spend. So here's what I say. Why not remove it from your everyday transactional account when you receive it? Now, when I say when, I know some people have lots of small payments going into their accounts. So maybe once a week, look at all the amount of cash that came into your business and take 10% of it and put it somewhere else doesn't have to be daily, doesn't have to be every transaction. But what I'm trying to say is whilst it's there, do it. Because as business owners, it shouldn't be difficult. So remove it from your everyday transactional accounts when you receive it in so that you don't spend it. It plays into that narrative of paying your bills before spending what's genuinely left over. Because removing that temptation to spend it is so important. Don't think for one minute that I don't understand that temptation or how useful that money would be right now in an immediate moment because I've got to pay other bills of the business and convince myself very, very easily that by the time the ATO comes knocking for their money or by the time I'm due to pay the ATO GST bill, I'm going to have more cash to replace it and I'll just pay it and it'll be easy. Let me tell you, that never happens. And for those that are smiling and shaking their heads right now. I'm right, aren't I? It never happens. My key takeaway for this is move it when you have it. Remove it from the bank account that provides you with the funds or that you use transactionally to pay for the costs in your business. Set up a new account to put it in. Simple. Why? You're going to hate me saying this. (laughs) Because it's not your money. And if you do this, I guarantee you, you will meet your obligations to the ATO for GST 100% of the time. No questions asked. And if you're using these funds to help with other payments in your business, there's actually a bigger problem with the way you're running a business. There's something else that no, there's something else that's wrong that no amount of GST is ever going to fix in your business. What you need to do is you need to get real and thinking and stop thinking that it's going to. So don't spend it. Don't spend that money. The hardest thing for business owners in the beginning when GST first was introduced in Australia is we we lost a lot of those general store type businesses because this extra flow of 10% of cash was too tempting. It was too tempting and they couldn't satisfy those obligations when they fell due. And so a lot of businesses had to close as a result of it, or it became too difficult. So the key with GST is not to overthink it, to understand it, yes, to get the right advice, yes, to have your systems foundationally in place correctly, yes, but don't be afraid of it. It's just another component of being in business that may or may not be relevant to you, depending whether or not you satisfy it. And if you don't, and you're on that trajectory to satisfy it, start familiarizing yourself with it now. Because when it comes thick and fast, when you start earning $75,000 or more in your business, not profit, but turnover, 
you're going to need to register for GST in Australia. So today was just about some of those generic obligations, taking away that fear, understanding what you can do to really make sure that this process is easy for you as a business owner. So I hope you got some takeaways out of that. I hope you understood. I hope you got what you needed in today's episode. I hope it helped. But like I said, always consult your accountant for the best advice for your business in these types of um, situations because each individual business has individual circumstances. But this is generic. Here's what GST is. I hope it makes sense. Thanks for joining me again today. And whatever you're doing, I hope you make it count. And that's it, guys, for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'll see you next time.